Greetings and welcome to this edition of One for the Road. I'm your host, Randy Schlechting, along with my co-host, Bob Carter. We are here gathered in studio with good friends of ours, Kipper and Carl and Herschel, today to discuss shepherding, and specifically uh, the parish model. You may not have heard of that yet. Randy Pope did a short teaching on that the last time the elders and uh, deacons got together for dinner. We're going to talk about that a little bit. What does it mean for us to shepherd the flock? How do we do it with grace and dignity? How do we encourage other people? And how do we really do it with heart? So I want to encourage you to listen in as uh, really we join a conversation that's taking place with uh, all of us just kind of thinking through who we are and how we shepherd. What exactly uh, was Randy meaning when he was talking about a parish model as far as where we're going as a church? So, and you guys want to chime in? Well, I think that what I got from it was that he wants us to minister to people who live nearby, uh, people who live in our subdivisions or in our communities, and uh, to try to focus on reaching those people, uh, not only uh, the members of the church, but also uh, prospective members, but, but especially the members, to minister to them in their time of need. And, and that would help us build relationships. I think one of the problems in Atlanta is that people are so uh, separated from each other geographically that it makes it difficult for them to build and maintain relationships. And this model would uh, really facilitate building relationships with your neighbors and help you to have maybe stronger relationships where you could really minister to each other and care for each other. Okay. I think the bottom line is uh, we want to be able to care for every member and every person that comes to our church. And if someone is going to give care to another person, the easiest way is to have a geographic connection. Mm -hmm. And that's what the whole parish model is about. You care for the people who are closest by you. And of course, that gets a little bit messy because there are times you have relationships with people who don't live close by. Well, I mean, just piggybacking, Carl, on, on what you just said, and that is uh, we realize that and probably most of our elders are involved in some type of discipling, shepherding relationship where they're working with people that are not necessarily living in their area. Either there is an affinity by age, or you know, uh, you know what we do together. Maybe work close together, or whatever. But how do we uh, how do we address that? Because you know, guys are going to say, "Look, I'm I'm shepherding people over here and here and here, and they're not on a geographical area." W what do we say to our elders who are who are involved in that? I like the analogy of the computer. When you're doing something on the computer, there's a default mode. If you don't do anything. You automatic the computer will automatically follow a certain pattern, but you can override the default by doing something distinct. I think what we're saying is we want geographic parishes where we live, uh, especially, to be the foundation. And then if there's a discipleship team that I'm leading and somebody's coming from outside of my parish, we override the default geographic and place him with me in my my journey group or my discipleship team because and there is an existing old um, relationship already right yeah part of it also is this this whole sense of um, 
us living in a place for a for a long time. Right. So you know the the poster boy I think is Kipper on, on many levels here because Kipper's lived in Duluth forever, so he knows where the Rexall drugstore is and he knows <laughs> the guys at the Rexall drugstore and they belly up to the bar there and do whatever they do at Rexall in the morning and. Not necessarily belly up to the bar, by the way. Thank <laughs> right. you very Not much. that, that bar. That yeah, was, that the was counter. the old kipper. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> at the counter there. But, yeah, I, I think that's what we find too with our members, and I think you know, that Herschel was touching on it in the sense that, you know, having lived in the areas that we have over these years, we get to know the players in our, you know, and I love the live, work, and play analogy because we are interacting with these people on a regular basis. And so I see them at the Publix. Uh, I interact with them at the post office. I do see them out in, in my neighborhood. And so we do have connection there. And I guess I get more excited too about the, the evangelistic side of this, going all the way back to the you know, Lighthouse movement of praying, you know, the prayer care share model, you know, encouraging our folks to just begin to pray for their neighbors, pray for the folks they're interacting with and utilize where, where God has truly placed you and, uh, and use those resources that you become aware of with the, the officers that you're working with to, to literally shepherd your parish. Yeah, we're not asking for elders to drop people that they're currently ministering to. We're just saying that if you're not ministering to specific families right now, we would like you to choose uh, families that are in your area, in your subdivision or where you live, and over time that you would as, as groups change and things like that, that you would have new people coming into your groups who live nearby. But oh, go ahead, Carl. on top of that, what excites me about it is we will be able to furnish a list of the people who live in my area. Mm. And quite frankly, I'm sure there are people in my area who come to Perimeter and I don't have a clue who they are. I've never met them and it'll give me an opportunity to get to know people. So you're, when you say people who live in your area, are you talking about members or regular attenders and visitors or both? Both. Uh, members especially for the mm -hmm. membership has its privileged care that we should be giving. Mm -hmm. But uh, the non-members who attend even more so because they could be possibilities to lead them to faith in Christ, mm -hmm. possibilities to bring them in and make them part of perimeter, uh, become members. Yeah. Go ahead. It's interesting to me because we've met with a couple of elders already, and, and the sense we get is this. Guys are saying, this is, I would love to do this, but typical guys that we are, it's like, well, I don't really know anybody, but if you give me some names, or I may know somebody, and I'll connect with them. So I think, Carl, your point's right about, you, know, you give someone a list of names and say, do you know anybody? They'll know someone, and it kind of, kind of will help from there. So my question was, how big do you think the school situation is here? How impact was that going to be? Is Duluth High School the only high school in Duluth? Or is there no, another there's Peachtree Ridge. It's back to the clusters that I think Herschel touched on for Johns Creek. You've got a couple of high schools with Northview and Carl up in Swanee, Buford area. There's several high schools as well and Bob, we don't talk much about Roswell High School <laughs> given what they did to Peachtree Ridge. <laughs> We're still praying about that one. But, uh, but again, where those clusters are found, it's working so great on the geographic assignments that we've that we've you know, put together here. And it seems like that ties into our youth ministry. I'm assuming somebody here knows what our youth ministry is doing? Yes. The segue? Segway, yes. 
Yes, so we'll just say yes, we know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing out there? They're doing something, pumpkin drops and whatever it might be. But there's a connection there with our youth ministry, I think, also. Yeah, I mean, I think more and more they, the desire of the youth ministry, which I'm excited about, is, is to connect in the communities, to go out, to just not provide a place here where, you know, our... Our youth can come, but they're going out and trying to work with schools, and st which I just love. I think they're, I appreciate that that outward mindset. Yeah. Now, one of the things I'm I'm excited about as well. I think that, uh, the, you know, there's different models here, but uh, I'm just excited about the fact that you can look at your area, and I look at me where you know I have a number of different areas. It's just being able to say these are the members that live in our area, and we want to watch out for them. We want to look out for them. We want to make sure they're not falling through the cracks. We want to pray for them, obviously. We want to encourage them in Christ. You know, honestly, uh, it's overwhelming to me. When, when I start looking at the numbers of the people, and I'm going, wow. And so one of the things that, that I want to think about is uh, who are under-shepherds, meaning who are non-elders who eventually may be elders. And then, of course, uh, you know, who are the women who can... Come alongside. You know, they may not be elders one day. I, I, I said may. They won't be elders one day. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, they, you know, they could provide obviously a shepherding opportunity for us as well. Uh, so I, and it's hard for me to imagine people not getting behind it. I think it's just the fact that a lot of times people are like, man, I'm just so busy. I got so many things in my life going on. And so my question is, how can we make it manageable? guys where they can say, man, I can get my arms around that. I'm excited about that. It really sounds like it simplifies ministry to a certain degree because I'm not having to go across town to minister to people. I can minister to my neighbors. And I remember years ago when we had the uh, neighborhood congregations, <clears throat> some of the people that were in that group with us, and this was, this was 13 years ago, are still our closest friends mm -hmm. because they were our neighbors. And mm -hmm. And so I, th I think it has a, a wealth of possibilities for building really uh, long-lasting relationships and, and helping people to feel really more a part of, of perimeter and what's going on here. So I think this could be a uh, unifying ministry, this, this shepherding. Community outreach is, is uh, developing their ministry around schools. The uh, youth ministry is developing it around schools. Uh, I look at my lists and I've got 545 f heads of household. I've got 891 members in my parish. That's members only that have been drawn down from our database at the first pass. And it's been fun going through these and seeing which ones could be um, could be designated as leaders mm -hmm. and watch then too for these 545 house heads of household who are the leaders who is leading a journey group and is not an elder maybe a, a woman's even a woman's journey group who who is leading a school thrust you know, a prayer movement or service to the school and who are, who have they solicited to help them and all of this could tie the community outreach with the youth ministry and our shepherding in, into one beautifully unified program for the good of, of the kingdom of God. 
Yeah, I, I agree, and I think I've met with a couple guys this morning, and when we get done with the conversation, one of them realized, hey, I've got a kid at Norcross High, and the other one says, hey, I'm connected with Norcross High also. They didn't know. Yeah. So just just connecting people, saying, hey, i got a kid there, you got a kid there, I'm on the tennis team, you're on the tennis team, you use the same barber that I do, or we shop at the same store, whatever it might be to get people connected. And then if you begin thinking in a much broader context of when you think about unite other churches that are in those parishes, so to speak, and how do you overlap and connect with other believers there, and how do you begin just to foster this connectedness in communities. I think, you know, when I think about bringing Atlanta into a life-transforming encounter with the kingdom of God, I think, too big for me. I mean, it, it just, it's just a huge thing, but when I take it bite-sized, how about Duluth? You know, well, maybe not Duluth, but... How about your... How about just your cul-de-sac or your, or your subdivision? Right, you begin mm -hmm. thinking about subdivisions, neighborhoods, double gate, whatever it might be, and you begin thinking, how do yes. we make an impact here and model this and, and, and go forward from there? So it's good stuff, so... So what do we what do we uh, want to tell the guys in terms of what can they expect from us in terms of next steps? What's what's coming down the pike here? My reaction is that we do not launch a major equipping program, but we model it. Okay. We start with the elders and show them how it's done and the benefits they receive because they've been loved and cared for adequately by us. And then we provide them the lists of, they provide us with their lists of connection, connections. We provide them with the geographical information of people. And they start doing the same thing in, in whatever groups they encounter within their parish. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think first of all, guys, what hopefully you can expect is this, is that we're going to come alongside you guys and just say, how are you doing? You know, we really want to meet one-on-one, -on -one, small groups, whatever. How are you doing? How are things going? How can we minister to you? How can we pray for you? Where are you struggling? What, what are the issues? And the other thing I'm kind of, kind of I don't know if I make a bumper sticker out of this and make money or not, but, but this whole idea of the, the, the overarching thing is we want people to be healthier in Christ so that they can become more missional for Christ. So, you know, the, the idea of you don't have to own or feel the burden of Boy, now I got ten families. I better make sure they're doing a lot better, moving faster, and working harder, and doing all these things. Are they becoming healthier in Christ? And that that can take a lot of shapes and forms here. And are they becoming somewhat more missional for Christ? So two two key words I'm trying to get out with guys there, just kind of get them in that. I'm thinking that for myself too. Am I healthier than I was in Christ? What does that look like? How do I begin thinking through that? And am I a little bit more missional for Christ? Yeah, and I think also, and this is something not necessarily we can talk about today, but we want to, I think in some ways, provide soft landings for these elders. I think for for some of you guys listening, you may go, man, this is it's kind of intimidating for me to go out there and do that. And, you know, others of you, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. For some of us, it may be more difficult. You know, just picking up the phone, calling people is hard and not easy. So uh, we want to find, think about, how can we provide some, some some easy training, soft landings where this can be, you know, something that is, is a bit easier and is not, uh, you know, as much of a burden, feel like a burden to people. Do you want to chat a bit about um, this whole idea of lead elders? We have talked about that yet, have we? No. No, I, I don't know if we talked to the guys. That, I mean, we've talked about it, obviously. 
but what we're looking at is within each area, uh, within each geographical area, uh, what we'd love to be able to have is, uh, is elders shepherding elders. And so we're, we're looking at lead elders who would maybe have, you know, I, I don't know. I, for me, for my area, I'm thinking about five to six elders that they would shepherd, that they would oversee those guys. So they would be shepherding the shepherds. Uh, just because, as you know, with over 200 elders, it's, it's really difficult for a few people to do that. I mean, it's, it's impossible in my opinion. So how do you kind of break it down, bite size, where you can say, okay, this is my, this is my shepherding group, and so you're having elders shepherd elders. So these guys would be available uh, at our monthly officer dinner at a table, and, and I, we talked today about them having assistance as well, but they would be there at that table and, and uh, really act as a lead elder to just check in with guys, how they're doing, praying for them, checking in with them encouraging them, making sure our elders, <laughs> the most important people, are not falling through the cracks. So uh, that's what a lead elder would be. So some of you guys listening to the tape uh, might, might think, hey, that's something I could do or I'd like to do or whatever. Then you talk with, with one of mm -hmm. us. And just as a reminder, you probably already know this, but, but Kipper's got Duluth and Lawrenceville. Yes. Carl's got Swanee and Buford. Sugar Hill. And, and Sugar Hill. And Sugar Hill also says Carl's group. Bob, what's your area? I've got Roswell, Alpharetta, Marietta, and Cumming. Okay, so if you're there, you get Uncle Bob and the Father Hatch? Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am in Johns Creek along with Jerry Shriver. Jerry Shriver. And then uh, me, I'm with uh, Brian White and I are kind of co-laboring together in Norcross, Dunwoody, and then Atlanta. And also Hawaii, where if any of you have a place or any, any vacation or lake homes or whatever, we'd like to be shepherding you also and uh, coming alongside you. Beach time, houses. Timeshare ministry. Timeshare ministry is mine also. I take care of those people yeah. who have timeshare. So any any of the above would be great. I don't ski though, so you don't have to worry about yeah. that. So. You forgot Lawrenceville. Lawrenceville. Who's? Oh, he said, he oh said Kipper, Kipper's got Lawrenceville. Oh, Kipper's got Lawrenceville. Yeah. In Lilburn, come on, would that be your area yeah. too, so mm -hmm. to speak? And you want to take Tucker too? or? Mm. Sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Kipper will take whatever. <laughs> as far yeah. east as you can go, uh, Kip, Kipper will, he'll take Athens also. See in Stone you? Mountain? There you mm. go. <laughs> the whole thing. So, all right, well, that's a good place to wrap. Uh, we just want to give you guys a taste of what we're thinking and feeling and talking about here. We so appreciate you guys, and hopefully once a month we're going to be getting some type of uh, podcast like this out to you just for training, for education, hopefully a bit of inspiration, maybe a bit of humor along the way. Uh, we appreciate you guys. We're so glad you tuned in uh, to One for the Road, this go-around, and we will see you next time. Thanks so much.